church, Father Friday. Hit us with some Agnes Day, Nick. Agnes Day! There we go. If that doesn't psych anyone up. Everyone was waiting for that, I know it. Yep, and at the end of the day... What's not to love about that little opener, you know? <laughs> it just gets, I mean, if that doesn't want to get get you wanting to read the Didache, um, I'm not sure what. You, you probably don't have a pulse. <laughs> um, okay, so we are wanting to get to this last little section of the Didache. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, where did we leave off? Can you remember? We're getting into Chapter 12. Chapter 11 dealt with traveling preachers. Mm-hmm. Chapter 12 deals with traveling Christians. Right. It's common practice in the early church to show hospitality to Christians who are passing through town, mm-hmm. either traveling or work or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So these are just some instructions along those lines. Yeah, brilliant. Um, no hotels. You got you to stay with the peeps. You got to stay with the folks. Um, That's it. All right, sweet. So do you want to kick us off? I'm just, uh, well, why don't open. you read it? Because I read all the 11 <laughs> chapters last time. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, all right. So um, we're on chapter 11, you say? Chapter 12, verse 1. Okay. Let everyone who comes in the name of the Lord be received. But when you have tested him, you shall know him, for you shall have understanding of true and false. If he mm-hmm. who comes is a traveler, help him as much as you can but he shall not remain with you more than two days, or, if need be, three. And if he wishes to settle among you and has a craft, let him work for his bread. (laughs) But if he has no craft, provide for him according to your understanding, so that no man shall live among you in idleness because he is a Christian. But if he will not do so, he is making traffic of Christ. uh, Beware of such. Huh. Hmm. Good, solid, practical advice. Yeah, yeah. I told you, though, it's a little bit esoteric on the, and then you shall know. You, but when you have <laughs> tested him, you shall know. It sounds like Yoda. Yeah. I, I imagine that they mean test him by what's already been said in the Didache. So, right. <clears throat> to see if they're in agreement with the so, you know, what they probably take to be the universal teaching of the church. Right, totally. And, um, yeah. and you know, I, I suppose just flowing off those epistles of John, you know, you've got the whole testament doctrine. They would have been assuming all of that as well. Um, yep. You know, so that, if he obviously doesn't preach that Jesus is Lord or has come in the flesh, then, then um, you know, just don't receive him, don't let him preach, don't even eat with him, I suppose would be, yeah. be assumed in this. Yeah. And it seems that they're familiar with uh, Thessalonians as well. You know, let him work in order yes. that he can eat. Yes, look at that. So there's, there's definitely some broad familiarity, not only with John's letters and typical practice there, but also <coughs> Pauline. Yeah. Pauline letters. So, Can you imagine? I mean, this is just basically just apply this to modern prosperity preaching and uh, entitled preachers, and you know, <laughs> and you already have made some strident improvements. Yeah, that's yeah. it's good. It's just practical common sense, and uh, just the last verse there. <clears throat> but if he will not do so, he is making traffic of Christ. Mm. Basically, that probably means that he's using the name of Christ to get a free ride. Yeah. Taking advantage of gullible Christians. Yeah. So this is encouraging you not to be a gullible Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which is good. And that, yeah, we totally agree with. Awesome. Yeah. And it's just like a really cool way to talk about all of this. 
<laughs> it's so it's so cool. Like we just don't preach sermons like this anymore. Um, anyway, yeah. okay, cool. So cool. chapter so thirteen. Now, here's the best part of the whole thing. All right, paying your pastor. Oh yeah, All right. come on. Are you ready? Talk about self entitled. Right, chapter thirteen. Okay. But every true prophet who wishes to settle among you is worthy of his food. So we're not talking about traveling uh, preachers. We're talking about those who are coming to settle. Is worthy of his food. Verse 2. Likewise, a true teacher is himself worthy, like the workman of his food. Mm. Verse 3. Therefore, thou shalt take the first fruit of the produce of the winepress and of the threshing floor and of oxen and sheep, and shalt give them as the first fruits to the prophets, for they are your high priests. Mm. Yeah. Okay, there's some good stuff in there and there's some dodgy stuff in there. Right. <laughs> I mean, the, the language is very Old Testamentish. you know, yes. the, the wine press and the threshing floor and the oxen and the sheep uh -huh. and the first fruits and the prophets, <clears throat> but also as the high priests. And so you've got some, the principles are good. Yeah. Um, it agrees with 1 Corinthians 9 that a workman is worthy of his wages. You know, the ox is allowed to eat when it's treading. Mm. But to call your, call the prophets a high priest, it's mm. it's blurring the lines, isn't it? Well, I'd say just just blasphemy at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> but they but, probably didn't intend it blasphemously. Yeah, yeah. You know, they didn't have the, uh, the 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 pope problem and the priesthood problem. That's true. They're probably using the term in a much looser sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they probably just, mean just the senior passes. Senior yeah. pastor, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed also between uh, verse one and verse two, there um, we, you know, he he distinguishes between uh, a true prophet uh, and, and a, a true teacher, yeah, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, and later on he'll distinguish between bishops and deacons. So it yes. seems that he's got this notion of the local church, which is bishops and deacons, and then there's these traveling people, yeah, yeah. the teachers and the prophets, right. Totally. But no apostles. <laughs> yeah, right. Interesting. Cool. All well, right. Um, because this is their teaching, of course. This is well, there the are apostles. Yeah. Right. Never mind that one. Yeah. Okay. Verse four. All right. But if you have not a prophet, give to the poor. Mm. Okay. So the money's still going somewhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If thou makest bread, take the first fruits and give it according to the commandment. Mm -hmm. Likewise, when thou openest a jar of wine or oil, give the first fruits to the prophets. That sounds a little bit like Elijah and Elisha type mm. stuff there. Mm -hmm. Of money also and clothes, and of all your possessions, take the first fruit as it seems best to you and give according to the commandment. Nice. So, yeah, just encouraging generosity, support your ministers, good principles. Mm -hmm. Good. Cool. Like it. All right. So that was chapter 13. Yeah. Chapter 14. You so, go for it. All right. On the Lord's Day of the Lord, huh, interesting, on the Lord's day of the Lord, uh, come together, break bread, and hold Eucharist, after confessing your transgressions, that your offering may be pure. Mm. But let none who have, yeah, that's interesting, wow. Let me just stop there. Yeah, the that, Lord's that, day of the Lord, I mean, that sounds superfluous, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But what it says to me is this, is that the words, the Lord's day, go together, mm -hmm. and it's just like a it rolls off the tongue easily and thoughtlessly as if it's already a well-worn habit. Mm, mm. On the Lord's Day of the Lord. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so to me, it speaks of something that's well-established. <laughs> yeah. It sounds awkward, but mm -hmm. it, it betrays something that's well-established. It's obviously what the, the way they spoke. And yeah. It also reminds me of Justin Martyr and the very first account that we have, 
you know, the way he talks about you know, on the Lord's day and the day that is on, on Sunday or the day of the sun or something like that. He says, yeah. uh, you know, come together, break bread, hold Eucharist. And then pretty much sounds like a, like a good, simple church service, you know, that we're, yeah. uh, which good. is, which is great. And, uh, it is also the weekly communion thing. Yeah. Which is, yep. you know, interesting. It's weekly communion and it's break bread and whole Eucharist. So it's the meal as well as the Lord's supper. Mm. So it's probably mm. that early practice being betrayed. Yeah. And then it's added after confessing your transgressions that your offering may be pure. Mm. And the word offering there is probably more of a reference to Matthew 5, mm. you know, where you reconcile with your brother, leave your offering at the altar. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's point. It's going to come up a little later on as well. So uh. it's, it's probably not trying to be, you know, it's, you know, the Passover lamb is a form of sacrifice, but it's, it's not overemphasizing the sacrifice mm. aspect. Mm. It's just borrowing the sacrificial language. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right. First two. But let none who has a quarrel with his fellow join in your meeting until they be reconciled, that your sacrifice be not defiled. It's the Matthew 5 thing. Yeah, very cool. And, yeah. you know, that's a good good, good bit of, um, it's just interesting, the sacrifice be not defiled language, you know. They just have no yeah. problem pulling from that Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Man, it's just like it's almost as yeah. if the Hebrews hadn't been written yet, or something, you know. Well, um, it just and it, it sets a bad trajectory, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, we needed the Reformation to clean this up. We, <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting. You can see how why you know I'm reading it from a from a Roman Catholic website. I mean, you can see why you know you could just feel so bolstered in in uh, your practices reading through this i suppose one of the big debates is always that um you know determining the authenticity of the text itself in in that um you know you have uh, to what degree has rome already doctored uh what we read um i haven't looked uh, <clears throat> yeah. as you know into the debates but i re i know with all of this early church literature stuff you, you almost go in with the assumption that that's happened you know, uh, they ha they just haven't conducted the same level of textual yeah. criticism as I mean, they transubstantiation, had. There. Transubstantiation as a doctrine was only formally adopted in 1215. Yeah, I know. The Lateran Council. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, up until then, you know, there, there were lots of different schools of thought. There was a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of mystery. Mm. Um, and it was only in 1215 that they really nailed it down. Yeah. And it became a so, and you're saying at that point they might have gone back and inducted a few things, or? Um, I think it's the, the early church view was just not as you know they weren't dealing with those issues. Yeah, okay. they were just borrowing the language of scripture, and yeah, they weren't yeah. meaning a lot a lot of what we think they mean. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it's really important. So I think that together with the fact that we don't really have hundred percent certainty as to what these texts originally said. Um, you know, you, it means you have a, a lot of, uh, you can read it, you know, with a fair degree of freedom, you know, um, and sympathy, you can and read sympathy, it sympathetically. Totally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, totally. Okay. So third verse, uh, for this verse three, yeah, for this is that which was spoken by the Lord in every place and time offer me a pure sacrifice for I am a great King saith the Lord and my name is wonderful among the heathen. Do you have a, a reference to the Old Testament there? I don't. No. <clears throat> so I'm just wondering if they're uh, borrowing, like from Psalm 50 or something like that. Yeah. Or Malachi or something. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just it's so so interesting getting into this 
headspace, you know, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I had a third verse right there, I would not say that, you know, it just feels yeah. too, too disjointed and mysterious. But I suppose, I suppose in light of the fact that, you know, don't mess up the sacrifice idea, like don't come and worship in a way that's yeah. impure. Um, they're you know, probably mixing that. What we would mean by worship they they're meaning by sacrifice. Yeah, I think so. That's that's what it sounds like. And in that sense, obviously, so they're not actually thinking oblation or propitiation or expiation. No, they're probably just thinking more in terms of worship. And we get a lot of instruction about that from the Old Testament, which uses the language of sacrifice. Yeah. So that's that. And Hebrews okay. does use the language of the sacrifice of praise. So <laughs> maybe that's yep. that's the edge that they're borrowing from. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Cool. Cool. Chapter fifteen: Bishops and Deacons. Mm-hmm. Appoint therefore for yourselves bishops and deacons worthy of the Lord. So there's there's your elders, your bishops, mm-hmm. and your deacons. So there's the two-tier early church government in the first century. Mm-hmm. Meek men and not lovers of money and truthful and approved, for they also minister to you the ministry of the prophets and teachers. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how they minister to you the ministry of the prophets and teachers. So there's that reinforcing effect they're not originators Mm. of the truth Mm -hmm. but they are faithful handers on of that truth Mm. Mm. totally (laughs) you know with the um a point for yourselves bishops in the plural there the early church model was one bishop right um i mean when i say that i mean i've just read michael kruger on uh, how the second century affected the church and he reckons that ignatius who who promoted a a one bishop model uh, was probably um, <laughs> he wasn't rep- he wasn't representative of the early church. Okay, he was it was more his own view that he was betraying as opposed to the view of the early church. Mm. Okay, that makes um, sense. There's yeah. a lot more evidence of a plurality of, of bishops rather than singular bishops. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I'm just wondering if that would represent it. Um, you know, the point <clears throat> yeah, for yourselves so bishops in one in, of the plural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Cool. Awesome. Cool. All right, first two. Therefore, do not despise them. They are your honorable men together with the prophets and teachers. Brilliant. And reprove one another, not in wrath, but in peace, as you find in the gospel. Hey, there's the gospel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and let none speak with any who has done a wrong to his neighbor, nor let him hear a word from you until he repents. Hmm. Okay, so that's just relationships. Keep mm-hmm. the relationships sweet, forgive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. You know? Mm. Yep. Verse four, but your prayers and alms and all your acts perform as you find in the gospel of our Lord. So Matthew six <coughs> talks about how you give and how you pray. Mm-hmm. So it's probably referring to that. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, now we come to the last chapter Dude. and uh, end times, the eschatology of the Didache. Oh yeah. This is exciting. All right. Am I doing it? <laughs> First one, yeah. uh, watch over your life and let your lamps be not quenched and your loins be not ungirded, but be ready, for ye know not the hour in which our Lord cometh. Mm, this, can you feel the, uh, the the borrowing from the Gospels there? Yeah, totally. And it's solid. I mean, it's a good thing that they did that, you know. This is, uh, yep. this is what we need. That's the good imminence idea right there that everyone's got to stay uncompromised on. So that's great. Mm. Um, verse 2, But be frequently gathered together, seeking the things which are profitable for your souls. For the whole time of your faith shall not profit you, except you be found perfect at the last time. Kind of like our without holiness, no one will see the Lord thing. Yep. And again, that word perfect, you know, doesn't mean mature. Are they teaching perfectionism? 
you know, we're probably asking too much of them at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always think if you could go back in time and you could actually ask them questions, do you mean that yeah. you believe that, you know, they'll probably say, no, 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 that's not what I meant. Yeah, or they'd just be scratching their head looking at you like you're going (laughs) (laughs) cray-cray. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do get the feeling like everything was a lot more simple, you know, in some sense. It was just... uh, Well, it's 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 pre-controversy. I mean, controversies help us... You know, it's, it's con- the Lord has granted controversies in His providence to the church that through those controversies we come to actually sharpen up and we realize, oh... You know, we, we, we can't say that Christ poured himself out and therefore was no longer God or yes, exactly. you know, whatever the whatever yeah. the doctrines are. Yeah. Well, can you hear that? The rain has started to fall on this end, so hopefully oh, the, that doesn't mess. I'm in this tin roof steady, so hopefully that doesn't mess sound quality up. Um, no, it's not bad. All right, cool. Verse three. <coughs> Verse three. For in the last days the false prophets and the corruptors shall be multiplied. And the sheep shall be turned into wolves, and love shall change to hate. So that's coming out yeah, of Timothy, right? Very biblical. Yeah, Timothy. It's yeah. warning of a, an apostasy. Yeah. It's warning of false teaching. That's very biblical. Good. Uh, for as lawlessness increaseth, they shall hate one another and persecute and betray, and then shall appear the deceiver of the world as a Antichrist. son of God. Yeah, wow. Interesting the way they talk about it. There. And shall do signs and wonders, and the earth shall be given over into his hands, and he shall commit iniquities which that which have never been since the world began. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, it's quite a uh, quite vivid. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, it actually sounds like Revelation. Um, the world will be given into his hands. You know, the devil's been thrown down to earth for a time, and he's yep. allowed to wage war. Um, it's sovereignty of God. Right. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, and also I think um, from from what I've read, I mean, the millennial thinking of some sort would have been prevalent yeah like a literal millennium not not necessarily a dispensational thing but um probably they're processing it in quite literal ways in that regard um you know perhaps i don't know even more so than we would do now on a, on a few of these points or maybe just not with the same timeline or i don't know it'd be interesting but uh, i've never seen anyone talk about that the deceiver as a son of god but i suppose that's exactly yeah. what's happening an, an antichrist. antichrist yeah Brilliant. Cool. All right. Verse five. Then shall the creation of mankind come to the fiery trial and many shall be offended and be lost. But they who endure in their faith shall be saved by the curse itself. Wow. So the judgment will be the thing that saves them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. That's like redemptive judgment. (laughs) So there is, I do have a footnote here. It says this, the meaning is obscure. But there seem to be other traces in early literature of a doctrine that each curse also contained the elements of a counterbalancing power to salvation. There is a valuable and long note on the subject in Rendell Harrison's edition of the Didache. <laughs> wow, interesting. Well, you know, I mean, if you know, um, Meredith Klein does a long thing on this where he's just in so insistent. This is the whole by earth consigned idea, really, where you have... You know, we're the, Noah and um, his family are saved by yeah. the flood, by the through. judgment. Uh, the gospel is preached mm-hmm. in the curse upon yeah, Satan. Through you fire. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just basically the idea is that uh, we're not just saved apart from a curse. We're saved uh, in the curse or mm-hmm. by the curse. And, um, and so if they are, I mean, wow, that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a pretty intense bit of theology right there. Kleinian. Yeah. Yeah. 
come on. Um, all right, and then verse six, and then shall appear the signs mm-hmm. of the truth. First, the sign spread out in heaven, then the sign of the sound of the trumpet, and thirdly, the resurrection yeah. of the dead. Yeah, well, okay, but not all of the dead. Uh, but as it was said, the Lord shall come and all his saints yep. with him. Then shall the world see the Lord coming in the clouds of heaven. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very basic uh, eschatology. I know. It was, it, and it's just thoroughly, it's almost like, it reminds me, like, it's almost like they could have a little proof text for every single thing that they're saying straight out yeah. of the Bible, you know, without having, systemi- having necessarily systematized it, which is great. You know, it's, it's got this thoroughly biblical yeah, it's a very feel bare bones sort of approach, yeah. Yeah, totally. But amen. Then then shall the world see the coming of the clouds of heaven. It's pretty cool because it means we can like agree with so much of yeah. it, you know? Yeah. There we go. That's the reading of the Didache. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So there's your first bit of uh, Church Father Friday. Complete. Oh, no, have we done something before this or is this our first one? We did the uh, Infancy Gospel Oh, yes. Of course. Cool, we did that. Uh, you know what I want to do next? We've got to do this next. And this will be a okay. blast. Uh, the, the epistle uh, of Ignatius to Mary. Oh, okay. We've so cool. got to do that. I'll find it. I'll track it down. <laughs> but man, it is crazy. Um, Sweet. I reading that a while ago. All right, cool. Um, let's, let's drop this at that point. Um, have a great weekend, folks. And uh, keep, uh, keep coming back for your fix. We'll we'll talk to you tomorrow.